It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome, Steeler Nation and Lockalites. I'm your host, Christopher Carter, and this is Locked On Steelers of the Locked On Podcast Network. This show brings you a daily dose of the Pittsburgh Steelers and NFL news. As the lead NFL analyst for DKPittsburghSports.com, I'm an experienced credentialed sports writer with years of covering the team from the training camp at Latrobe to the locker rooms of Heinz Field. You can, fu- you can find and subscribe to this show anywhere you find podcasts, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are hosted. Today, I'll be discussing the possibility of the Steelers playing in the Hall of Fame game, the extra preseason game that always associated with the Canton Hall of Fame, and why that could be really interesting for the Steelers' prospects of this offseason. We'll also get into what that could mean for the Steelers being on hard knocks, as that's a possibility with them missing two, to missing two years of being in the playoffs, as well as the newest Antonio Brown fiasco that has sent social media going crazy. And we'll finally we'll talk about what does Bill Cowher's induction to the Hall of Fame mean for the legacy of Mike Tomlin? Let's get into it. Okay, Locker Lights, let's get into the top story of the day. We're here on a Tuesday. Normally, that would be like, you know, press conference day, and we're talking about a lot of things. I'm recording this in the middle of the national championship games, uh, so I can't, I'm not going to jump into that, th- those results. We could talk about those when we're getting into the draft more so. But the top story for the Steelers is definitely a uh, report that kind of came out, or it was uh, an interview that happened on, this, on Stan Savern's show with Steeler Nation Radio uh, uh, yesterday here in Pittsburgh, where he interviewed Art Rooney II, and basically the. Uh, the bottom line was that uh, Mr. Rooney uh, he believes that the Steelers will most likely be in the Canton Hall of Fame game. Now, you know that sounds like well, curse. That's that's not big news. Why? What are we talking about this for? Well, let's 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 dive into this a little bit because there's some of the politics of what's going to be transpiring over the next few weeks that I think makes this worthy of a top story talk with where we're at in the season right now. Uh, so this, of course, we're following off of Bill Cowher being announced as one of the uh, one of the 2020 Pro Football Hall of Fame class um, that you know that 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 will be getting in. Um, Bill Cowher, you know, we talked about that on yesterday's episode. If you haven't listened to it, go back and and do that. We uh, kind of went over some of the politics that played into that. But let's look at the current class because that's kind of where. Mr. Rooney was get, was getting into with this. You have the the prospect of Troy Polamalu being a first ballot Hall of Famer uh, coming from the safety position, and considering that Brian Dawkins and Ed Reed were first ballot Hall of Famers, you got to think that Troy Polamalu will be. Um, and uh, you still have Alan Fanica, who's been kind of waiting in the wings for several years now to try and get his shot. But offensive linemen are a tough get sometimes for the off for to get in the hall of fame unless you were you know a supreme left tackler of some sort or you had a big name on you alan fanica is well recognized by the steelers and by people who know football but you know when it comes to the big names and everything sometimes that can get lost in the in the waste uh there's other guys like tony baselli who've been waiting around so it's gonna be tough for him but then you also have the centennial class coming in and the prospect of having donnie shell there's a chance an outside chance but a chance that the steelers get four guys in the hall of fame in one class and uh so because of that people are talking about 
the prospect of why not make this why not why not make Canton this year all about the Steelers and include them in the Hall of Fame game. So let's get into the things that uh, Mr. Rooney said during uh, Stan Savern's radio show on uh, on Steeler Nation Radio. Uh, Mr. Rooney went, at one point said, I think there is a pretty good chance, this is a direct quote, that, that we will be playing in the Hall of Fame game this year. It's not something the coaches and players love to see, having an extra preseason game, I th- but I think it will be a fun weekend in Canton if things go the way they hope uh, they, they go, that we hope uh, they go the next few days and weeks. So, bottom line there, uh, Mr. Rooney thinks, you know, he's, he's thinking that with the Steelers getting more guys going into the Hall of Fame, they'll get that extra game. And he's right. The coaches don't love to see that. Why? Because that means that their players got to be out there for for, for another week. Uh, they're, you know, sure, they're getting to practice a little bit earlier, but it makes the season a little bit longer. Uh, it's another game they got to worry about injuries. Don't forget the last time the Steelers were in the Hall of Fame game, that was 2015 when they lost Sean Sweesham, and they had to go find Chris Boswell in the middle of the season. Uh, and that was a disaster to start off because that led them to getting, uh, I think it was uh, Garrett Everett, uh, who, or uh, and he was, uh, or Everett Garrett, I forget his, his name, but he was a kicker from the Saints. He got hurt himself. He had to go on IR. They, they landed eventually Josh Scobie, who was utterly horrible in the first few games, lost them the Baltimore Ravens game to start that year. And then, uh, and then eventually they lucked into Chris Boswell, and he's been the man for all but one year. So, um, that, but I'm sure there's a part of them that's like, man, like, you know, you don't want to deal with that, but it is kind of like an honor thing. And I think that they're kind of looking at that as a positive light. Uh, now Mr. Rooney went on to say, there's nothing firm yet. We have been given indications that we should be, be probably planning on it. It's not official yet, but I think it's more than likely. So basically the Rooney's are, are being told what's going on here. Uh, you know, I was talking, I was talking with Tony last week on the show. If you were listening, uh, to that, which I know you were, you, you lock a lights, you, but, uh, you know, the possibility of the Rooney's kind of playing, you know, uh, an ownership card or so trying to push politics behind, behind the, uh, you know, behind, behind the scenes, you know, it'd be, it, it would be interesting to see if the Steelers could avoid that. Um, you know, you know, but, you know, just kind of look looking further down, you know, th- I think this also speaks volumes to the idea that you could see the Steelers get a bunch of guys in, in this hall of fame class, which would be awesome for some of these guys, you know, Polamalu deserves to be a first ballot. Fanica deserves to be in there. Um, but Donnie shell to me is the biggest crime of not being in the hall of fame. And maybe at some point I'm going to do a full episode or at least a full segment talking about Donnie shell and the greatness that he was for those of you guys who don't know uh, enough about him. Um, but you know, long story short, Donnie Shell deserved to be in there years ago, but several people believe that there's too many Steelers from the seventies team in the Hall of Fame right now. So, um, but Rudy would go on to continue to go on in this interview saying, you hear things that sound positive and we've been hearing mostly positive things. I would like to think if Ed Reed got in on his first year of eligibility, Troy would follow suit. A lot of people are saying that. You never know. We are keeping our fingers crossed for Troy and Allen. I think Troy is a first battle Hall of Famer, so we are praying and keeping our fingers fingers and toes crossed here so i mean basically mr rooney's saying the same things that, that we're kind of reading here right you know you know the, the the way that safeties have been getting inducted the way that people are talking about it uh and, and wrecking and recognizing things that are going on there um you know, he. I think he also he also went on to talk about Donnie Shell. He said, "I do think that that, that gets factored in uh, when talking about uh, people having to wait for so long. Voters decide there are enough Steelers in, and that has hurt Donnie Shell. That is why I am glad he has the chance to go in." Um, 
to go uh, to go to go into the centennial process this year it is there i'm sure most voters would say it doesn't matter uh, but i do think it is there people look at how many Steelers are going in we are hoping for the best and hope that isn't a factor that is you know a serious part of this though is that it's a lot of people they think they think oh man you can't keep putting this one team in there despite how many great players keep coming from it uh which will be interesting to see if that's the conversation when the patriots uh crews are starting to get you know pushed into the hall of fame you know, how many patriots guys are going to be left out and how many how many people are going to be upset with about that so um so yeah so that that's kind of what we what I, what I wanted to focus on for the top story of the day um, you know, a lot of guys kind of, you know, t will be talking about, you know, the Steelers Hall of Fame chances and whether or not that's going to play into it because the Steelers are also eligible for hard knocks. You know, the HBO show where the you know HBO's camera crews are going to be following them around. But I, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing that 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 hard knocks would be around this team. Yeah, sure. They don't want it. Uh, it's, it's it's unwanted attention and you don't want any distractions. But just after this break. I'm going to get into a little bit of why Hard Knocks could turn out to be a good thing for the Steelers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, guys, so uh, kind of continuing where I just left off at, let's talk about why Hard Knocks could end up working out for the Steelers, and it's because of the quick turnaround that we've seen here from this organization and, and not necessarily one that happened you know what one that's you know a complete changing of how they work but an imagery turnaround and that's because if we're talking if we're being honest here it involves antonio brown and we'll get into his newest stuff in a second here but the whole thing with hard knocks is that people you know people are afraid that it's going to expose things that no one wants to see and at training camp with the Steelers, there was you kind of saw in Antonio Brown's last year, you started to see things unravel. You know, he came after Ed Bouchette calling a racist. Uh, there was that Jesse Washington writer who he he threatened. Um, and you saw at training camp, you know, Dale Lolly was telling me this while I was, you know, why I wasn't able to be there. But he said there was at one point Antonio Brown, you know, tweaked something and the Steelers said, hey, man, rest up. We know you're good. We don't need you, you know, running around here aggravating anything. So Antonio Brown did what, what, what a vet would normally do and just kind of stood around. Well, he didn't just stand around. He kept playing to the fans everywhere he went there. People were screaming, A.B., A.B., and he would go around and sign autographs and take pictures. But it, it became to the point where he was attracting so much attention from the crowds. It was a distraction action for the team and Antonio Brown was, li was living off it that's what he does he loves that kind of stuff so that became a uh a, you know a, a, pro a problem for the team and you know that was kind of the things that the Steelers were kind of trying to keep under wraps with the the things about Antonio Brown that no one was was going to want to see the fact that he lived off campus though that's not a huge thing Troy Polamalu did that as well reportedly uh but 
you know, just the stuff that, you know, when Jesse James left the Steelers, he, he made a comment about how they've become the Kardashians. And uh, you kind of, and, 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 you know, if this was two years ago, I, I think absolutely hard knocks would be a nightmare for what this team was was, was going through. And then the the specter of is Le'Veon Bell showing up and then putting cameras in guys' faces and, and getting, you know, talks like that, that could have been a problem. But that's not these Steelers anymore. You know, they 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 don't have guys holding out right now. They don't have a, a guy that's kind of a loose cannon, and not kind of a loose cannon is a loose cannon that, that and that's attracting all this attention and maybe uh, this problem child. Their locker room after this past season, especially, seems very sound, very together, very ready to take on and, and say the right things. You know, you know, it used to be with James Harris and Antonio Brown, a lot of guys in the locker room, they wouldn't talk to the media during the practice weeks until Friday, and it, and it was kind of like you know setting setting a, an interesting tone there. Um, you know, with and not a, not a good interesting tone, and interesting as I'm like, a, hmm, that that's how they're operating type of tone, and uh, that that that's that's stopped. They've kind of they've tried to counteract that. They want us. They want to back. You know, they want to counter that image that's been made of them. So I I think putting hard knocks you know cameras there and i'm not saying the steelers should just uh just just go out and say hey choose us please put us on hard knocks no 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 but i'm saying this could end up working out for the steelers if they're if they can be together and avoid those 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 uh those tough moments where you'll have those embarrassing moments now also the steelers are a much better run organization you're not going to see at least i don't think you'll see the moments like you saw with huge with hugh jackson for the for the browns uh chastising his coordinators and you saw the obvious rifts between him and todd haley and hugh jackson say this is this is my program when you get you get you head coach team you can do it how you want to do it and you see the, the divisions, and then you see Jarvis Landry yelling at the, at the other Browns players. Oh, we got we got to do better than this guy. You know, this is this is not the, the standard that I you know know and whatever. You don't you know the the hope is that the Steelers don't see it. You see the unity. You see the tradition. You see the leadership. Uh, you know Ben Roethlisberger working with the younger QBs, uh, working with the young wide receivers. The young wide receivers working with each other. Uh, you know, you know the you see the running backs trying to work together. The veteran linemen kind of you know working on that. You also see that defense. The young guys, Devin Bush, Minka Fitzpatrick, T.J. Watt, the the young trio of superstars that this team is going to try to rely on. The leaderships of Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, Joe Hayden. I think that you you show, you show that there and sort of the brotherhood that comes with those kind of relationships, that could be something that doesn't necessarily work against people, work, work against the Steelers and Hard Knocks. Now, no team has been on Hard Knocks and gone on to win the Super Bowl because usually Hard Knocks is interviewing bad teams or teams that haven't made the playoffs. So... It's not to say it would, uh, you know, that that's something that people look at like, well, that's just a bad sign. But I think there's a chance that with the chemistry the Steelers have right now, and I'm telling you, I've been around the team. I went to, I was at Latrobe almost every almost every day for training camp this past summer. Um, I was at Heinz Field all the time, and you know, I'm always t- talking to Dale Lolly and, and Hunter Homestack and, and our guys that are from DKPittsburghSports.com that are there, Dan Kovacevic included. And, and this is this isn't that kind of a team. And really, honestly, the team with Antonio Brown wasn't that bad of a team. It was just Antonio was just kind of crazy, and, and we're gonna. Dip, use that to dip into. Unfortunately, I know we're not. You know, people are tired of talking about Antonio Brown, but it's technically still Steelers news because of his history with the team. He, I mean, he still is. You know, a playing legend as far as you know how how, how, how the, the feats he accomplished on the field. But there was another Antonio Brown thing, unfortunately. Um, and this stems back to another incident at his home where. Uh, the mother of his children looked like she was trying to retrieve his children from him. And, uh, 
and uh, that kind of led to some issues there where you he once again does this himself it's not anyone filming him he films himself you know from the first person yelling and arguing with the police officers and c- calling them cuss words and slurs and um and just acting belligerently with with them and uh in all around just you kind of see the unraveling of of Antonio Brown and the things that that he's doing there and it, it's disturbing and his children are being taken in the police car because you know the, the police are coming there because you know the woman has custody rights and you know presumably that was what that was about and you see Antonio Brown yelling about you know his Bentley and his car out front and how his, his the the woman has his key and it was just so it's it's so disturbing to see this guy's fall from grace I mean he this guy could, was could have been the prince to Pittsburgh he, he could have just lived he could have pulled been like you know and, and, and never have to talk all he would do is show up smile shake hands and and he would make money you know just by showing up in Pittsburgh for the rest of his life and, and he's thrown that away and, and the, the, the you know we could talk about CTE playing into it um and some people are like oh he this is what he deserves because he's just that narcissistic he's just that crazy yeah I'm, I'm kind of past that I'm kind of like you know what unfortunately Antonio Brown is off the deep end right now I think he's been that way for for a, at least a couple years um and if that's from the hit that's from the hit if it's from his narcissism and being addicted to social media that you know either way i don't think anyone can stop that man at this point in time because he's he's still a millionaire i think he's gonna it's it's not looking good for how he spent for how he's how he's acting and you know the erratic things that he's doing and uh, you know that usually ends in bad life stories if uh if, if he doesn't if someone doesn't step up and help help him fix fix his life or turn his life around but I think the real concern is his family. I mean, these are these are his kids that he's acting like this in front of, and uh, it's just it's embarrassing. It's and it's uh, it's it's scary too because, you know, how many times have we seen, uh, how many times have we seen people, you know, you know, show show these types of erratic moments and then something bad happens. You know, these are the type of things that you're like, man, you know, I wish we would have seen the signs that this something bad was going to happen, and and these people who were innocent, especially these children who were innocent, got hurt. And uh, th- th- these seem like all the signs. So um, this isn't about a plea for sympathy to get for for Antonio Brown. This is a uh, th- this is just it's the same thing I've been saying for over a year now. I'm concerned for the people around him, uh, and, and namely the innocent people, the people that, that that didn't choose to be around him. They're around him because they're his children, or because they have to deal with him, and uh, and, and what may happen if this continues to spiral out of control. Um, so there's, uh, there's, there, that, that's definitely a concern, uh, right now as Antonio Brown, but again, you know, you don't have that with the Steelers team. And, and also, I mean, you got to think about how much were the, were the Steelers, how much were the Steelers containing this for years? Uh, you know, you, you know, you have to wonder Antonio Brown, Ryan Clark insinuated that, you know, that Antonio Brown's, he's always thought that that something bad was going to happen to him or that he was going to, you know, go down this type of path and whether or not he was, he, you know, he, he's, you know, he, he actually saw those things, you know, those things have come to pass. Um, but you, you have to wonder how good of a coaching job, how good of an organization are they to keep something like that under wraps for years? I mean, Antonio Brown. I mean, you might have known that he wasn't, you know, the the the, the sharpest uh, the sharpest pencil in the in the box, you know. But 
you know, he's, uh, you, you at least knew that he was great at football and he knew, and he stayed out of trouble and he wasn't on the news all the time. And the only things you ever heard of him was Antonio Brown breaking another record. I mean, he was showing up on commercials and he wasn't saying these ridiculous things. He has spiraled out of control. And, uh, you know, and, and I think people still, still might associate some of that with the Steelers. I mean, not, uh, not, not us as people that are, that, that follow the Steelers closely, but, you know, there might be people out there that still that still think like maybe the Steelers they maybe they they they're the they're, they're the environment that created Antonio Brown uh, and, and and a feature like Hard Knocks in Latrobe during training camp as they go through all these things maybe would be the perfect medicine to show the rest of the world no this isn't what that's not what the Steelers are about this is what the Steelers are about they're the same Steelers that have been operating as the class of the NFL for the past forty to fifty years. All right, so one more break, and we'll keep going with one more talking point that I think I that I think you guys want to get into. All right, everyone, to get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get in the best shape of your life is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high-quality at-home cycling experience at a less than half the price of a Peloton. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, busy moms and dads, first responders, and elite athletes, whatever your activity level. And with the daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym. You'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, they'll give your money right back. Join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon right now. Don't pay a ton for a Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com L-O-N-F-L to learn about their limited time free Apple iPad, and complete the tales of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N, fit.com slash L-O-N-F-L. Echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, I I guess we're going to keep rolling with the Hall of Fame theme here and the Steelers and who they are. But I, I wanted to take this last segment to talk about something that I think ties into Cowers Talk and something that Dale Lolly wrote for our website at DKPittsburghSports.com. Uh, and, and he wrote rather quickly uh, you know, after the whole Cower announcement was made. And it was a point that you know I think that crossed my mind and probably crossed yours. But the point that if Bill Cower, who was a very good coach and one of the best of his time uh, in the NFL and someone who deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, if he got into the Hall of Fame, does that mean that Mike Tomlin's going to get into the Hall of Fame? And Dale Lawley's conclusion is most likely, highly likely. And I, I, t- I actually agree with him. Now, those who know me know I'm a big Tomlin guy. Uh, I, I'm big, you know, coaches that keep stability on a team and, and help teams get to at least a position where they can win most of their games and be in playoff contention year in and year out. I am I am pro that type of coach. I got a guy that's pro a proven winner and a guy that has the integrity 
to um to keep it to keep an organization together even amid you know even amidst tough times uh but you know you go i look at mike tomlin and the resume he's put together when you compare it to cowers there's a lot of similarities you know he has a higher winning percentage than cower um cower has won more playoff games than tomlin but you look at you know they have the same super bowl record uh and you know the steelers haven't been favored as in as, in as many uh, home playoff games that 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 uh, that Coward lost, so people are obviously look at that. But you look at the fact that Mike Tomlin still has yet to have a losing season, and the the narrative that all that I heard the entire the entire the entirety of the past decade or so, when people say, "Well, Mike Tomlin still hasn't had a losing season," and people that were our detractors of Mike Tomlin, they're often their argument was, "Well, if Ben Roethlisberger was gone, you'd see him have a losing season." And, and ladies and gentlemen. In 2019, not only was Ben Roethlisberger gone, but they didn't have a Charlie Batch. They didn't have a Byron Leftwich. They didn't even have uh, a Mike Tomzak. They had Mason Rudolph, who eventually got benched in favor of Devlin Hodges. And Devlin Hodges is, and I always thought that Kent Graham would be the worst quarterback I ever saw in a Steelers uniform. And I think Devlin Hodges passed him. And that's how bad that was and if you remember Kent Graham of the of the early 2000s the late 90s with the Steelers he came in and he would replace Cordell Stewart and, and you know Cordell struggled with 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 his with his plays you know he didn't he, he was trying to be molded into a pocket passer when he was really you know a lot like Lamar Jackson you you, you wanted him to use his legs and create and throw on the run um, but Kent Graham he was just a statue that didn't move didn't make reads didn't make throws he just he was he was horrible he was abysmal. He made Cordell look look just amazing at times. Um, but Devlin Hodges was that guy. And Tomlin found a way to win, what, four games with Devlin Hodges in? And I, I think that, I mean, that's half their wins this season. I think that's remarkable. And, and the fact that Mason Rudolph, who, you know, played at one point so bad that he had to get benched in favor of Devlin Hodges, I think that's remarkable that the other four wins came from him. So, uh, you know when it, it, you know when people would bring up that Mike Tomlin, he's not you know he he can't be Hall of Famer. He he's only there because of Ben Roethlisberger. Well, they were one they were one game away from really having a shot at you know, at making the playoffs. Um, so I, I I look at this and I see Mike Tomlin. I mean, you look at his resume; it's it, it's there. Now he could t- he could fall off. He could tank. Um, you know the, you know Ben Roethlisberger's return could be. Uh, not as not as happy as everyone thinks it is, and the team falls off. But I mean, come on! You think that this that the team the team is gonna just disappear? He's built a he's built a very good defense, to great defense with a lot of young talent. I, I don't see that that turning around just and just falling off the off the face of the earth. Um, and, and I think part of what to me to me I'm not saying to all the voters out there, but to me. What makes great coaches is when you you come in and you do well with the situation you're given because it's not your it's not your fault when you're handed something but it is a credit to you when you win with what with what you're given and that's what Mike Tomlin did that's what John Gruden did for Tony Dungy's team that's what Coward did you know he didn't win the Super Bowl but he was competitive with Chuck Knoll's guys a lot of people say oh well he built that first defense well. Rod Woodson was drafted by Chuck Knoll, Carnell Lake was drafted by Chuck Knoll, LeVon Kirkland, Greg Lloyd, Demonte Dawson, you know, there was, there was a lot of pieces, huge pieces that Cower inherited 
from the Noel era, and, and it led to the unit that he put together in the in the early to mid '90s that carried him until 1998 when they fell off. And it was when those guys started disappearing, when they didn't have Rod Woodson, when they didn't have when Demonte Dawson did get old, when uh, when you saw those guys start to fall off and they couldn't rely on Greg Lloyd any, anymore. You saw the team needed to rebuild, and that's natural. That happens. Look at the Saints; they went seven and nine for three straight years. Now, granted, Sean Payton has not capitalized on these past. Th- three years with with the playoffs but they've made the playoffs three straight years and each year they've been a favorite but it's so hard to win in the playoffs in the nfl i can't express that enough with 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 where the league is going you see how this is the, the ravens dominated for an entire season what happened gone the patriots even the patriots this year they were supposedly having the greatest defense of all time they had everything lined up stefan gilman was the defensive mvp Tom Brady was still had a good ratio for throwing the ball. He wasn't doing too, too great, but he was doing enough to win. And then you saw teams started to catch up, and they're knocked out. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs last year were like that. Everyone thought, man, this is the year. They're going to knock off the Patriots. Nope, that didn't happen. The smallest thing can happen. And right now, the Chiefs, they are by far the favorites over these Tennessee Titans. But don't get it twisted to think that the Tennessee Titans stand no chance in this game. Football is insanely is insanely unpredictable at times. It is one of the hardest sports to, to, to bet when you're looking at the playoffs and you're seeing, man, there's this, man, there's that, and, and what teams might prove each other wrong. Um, and, and how matchups play into to, to certain factors and, and, and who steps up and who doesn't. Uh, but when it comes to winning the playoffs, yeah, it's like, you know, Bill Cowher. At the time, it's he he consistently put together strong teams, and he when he had to rebuild, he had to rebuild. Uh, you, like I brought up yesterday, he, he came out in two thousand one, had a strong team, and that was the team that, that that you know that that pushed at the time, and they needed to just really add add a quarterback and get a few more pieces for the defense. They did over the next few years, and then wham bam, two thousand four, they were fifteen and one. Two thousand five, they won a Super Bowl, and uh, you know and Mike Tomlin had to retool it a bit himself. Uh, and then 2008, they won another Super Bowl. And but again, you know, you saw that that era of the, of the Steelers in the late 2000s. Eventually, they fizzled out. They you know, guys get old. They you know, think, you know, groups age out. It happens. Chuck Noll went through that. Uh, you know, after his 70s Steelers aged out. I think he only made the playoffs what one time in the 80s. Um, you know, I'm trying to remember all the years. I think he, I think he only won like a couple playoff games in the 80s. I think that was it. But you know, the 80s were abysmal, and especially the early 80s because the Steelers didn't have great draft picks li- lined up. They had to kind of skim off the bottom of the draft because they were so great, and that led to problems, and that's just part of a turnaround. It happens in pro football, and that's sort of what the Steelers have gone through twice. So I'm saying all that to say, again, great coaches, they turn teams around. They find ways to rebuild teams and keep them focused and point them in the right direction to put them in the position to win football games. Chuck Noll always said he, he doesn't deserve the credit. The players deserve the credit for winning the game on the field because he knew all he, well, his job was to put them in position to win, but it's up to them to win. And I think Mike Tomlin does that consistently. I, it, I think it's why the Giants are in the position they are. Tom Coughlin, I, I'm not a fan of of Coughlin and some of, the, some of the things that he does and some of the things that he says, but he knows how to point a, a team in the right direction. And how many times did his Giants look like, oh man, maybe, Mike, maybe Tom Coughlin should be fired. And then all of a sudden, whoop, he'd get a Super Bowl run and they'd be in the position to at least challenge teams for a, for a few years. And then he'd need to rebuild. And, you know, he did that once 
uh, when they won in 2007, did it again when they beat the Patriots again in 2012. And it really looked like a couple years later when they did end up firing him, that's what they were getting ready to do. He was like, he was going to get ready to turn it around. And then they, they got rid of him and then they made a coaching hire and then they hired Pat Shermer. And now the Giants are a joke. Um, and they're a dumpster fire, and they may have some great ta- young talent. I would say Saquon Barkley and, uh, and and Daniel Jones, and you know you're look excited to see where they could go. But they fell off the face of the earth, and that's what getting rid of a good coach will do to you. Uh, the Eagles lucked out by getting Doug Peterson, but when they got rid of Andy Reid, you know Chip Kelly was was hot for a second, but. You saw how bad the Eagles got for a few years, and they they did get into a Carson Wentz situation. But Wentz, you know, you know he, he's he's unfortunately been hurt, and uh, they've been able to win with Doug Peterson. But how many teams jettison a a a great coach, a coach that helped them win a Super Bowl, a coach that knows how to make you a consistent winner, and then found a lot of success after that? It's not easy to do. So um, for a lot of people out there that say Mike Tomlin shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, Bill Cowher being in the Hall of Fame, I think furthers the argument that Mike Tomlin will be in the Hall of Fame. And think about that. That means the Steelers, if this comes to pass, would have had Chuck Noll, Bill Cowher, and Mike Tomlin and three consecutive coaches being in the Hall of Fame. That is just wild to think about and another testament to how the Rooney's run their organization. But that's been the show. Thanks for listening here at Locked on Steelers. Again, check it. Check us out at LO Steelers on Twitter. You can follow my personal account at Carter Critiques, where I'm always dropping X's and O's and talking up stuff with you guys. Follow me. I will follow you back. Hit with a DM. Hit with an at. Always done to interact with you guys. Thanks so much out to the Lock of Lights out there for being loyal followers. If you're not if you're not part of the Facebook group right now, go to Facebook. Search Locked On Steelers. You'll join all of our all of our fans of Locked On Steelers. Tune back in tomorrow. I'll be cutting up some more daily Steelers news. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.